Well, hello, everybody. Hi. <laughs> Welcome to the fourth episode of the Comics Corner podcast with Travis and George. And as always on our audio recording is Jason. Hey. And yeah, we got some comics this week. Uh, it was uh, kind of a light week. It was the fifth Wednesday of the month, which means that uh, some of the publishers will put together a little bit of the, the leftovers, the stuff, the annuals, the specials. Uh, that kind of stuff. I ended up reading some more of the indie stuff this week. Um, wasn't too many of the of the annuals or the specials that came out that I was uh, that I was reading at the time. So I started my week off with Isola number five, which is the end of the first story arc. So I won't get into that whole actual story thing, but I decided to to have a quick elevator pitch for anybody that has not been listening or uh, uh, realizing that we love this comic very much and want everybody to read it. But Isola, as a series, is created by longtime friends, and they wanted to create this fantasy world that is very Miyazaki-inspired, you know, uh, My Name is Totoro and all of those other movies that that studio makes uh, over at Studio Ghibli. Mm -hmm. And it's the story of a soldier trying to bring her queen, who has been magically transformed into a tiger, back to her former self. Um, and everything does definitely build up to the end of this first arc uh, very well. It's a, it's a really cool way to end it, and they're going to take a break for a little while to get the next story arc ready. Um, I think it's going to come back in January, so this is going to be a really good time to go and check that out when the trade comes out. But uh, yeah, super, super crazy. Uh, the artwork is just phenomenal, uh, and the story itself is is really good too. Yeah, it really it really grabs you right from the beginning. I also read a cool... Uh, like not indie indie, but uh, one uh, one of those uh, publishers that doesn't quite seem to get a lot of love. I read one from uh, Black Crown. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, House of Muck number one came out this week, which is just a crazy. They they seem to do a lot of like really psychological stories. Like they they had uh, Kid Lobotomy. Oh, and, that's right. Uh, <laughs> This is the, uh, it's the imprint for MyBDW, right? It's kind of their edgier, kind of darker stuff. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. This one, uh, it's, it's like, uh, it follows what would happen if you had like an entire family that shared a psychosis. Oh, huh. interesting. And then one of them snapped out of it. Oh God. Okay. Was it <laughs> so, like, is it like a, like a schizophrenia or? It's, uh, so not to give too much away, sure, but, sure, sure. uh, they, they, they find like a, what they, what they say is a, is a doorway to another reality. Okay. And all of them can see it. And, uh, they're, they're out doing a bunch of stuff across the country and the main story follows uh, these two twins, or one of the two twins, uh, these little girls. And uh, it, it's her story dealing with what happens when she realizes that this isn't really happening. <laughs> and Huh. That's an interesting concept. Yeah. It's, it's a crazy and, and really cool looking book, too. Yeah, the artwork is really neat on that one. It's kind of dark, but still a little kind of cartoony and interesting. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, 
one that I have been excited about just because of the artist and the comic itself has actually started out really strong. Uh, the New World number two came out this week, which is the comic that has the TV show uh, where the police will go around and track down criminals, whether they be, you know, murderers or, uh, you know, bank robbers or what have you, people that do, you know, big enough crime that uh, it's worth getting the attention of this TV show. And they will go and spend a week tracking those people down. And then at the end, uh, they leave it up to social media to decide whether or not the cops kill the person or not. <laughs> and uh, it's got art by the incredible Tradmore, who... If you need to see some of the best examples of his work, uh, this is a really good book to look at. Uh, he also did this series called Luther Strode, which is just some of the craziest kinetic violence and fighting in any comic that you will ever, ever pick up and read. In this second issue, uh, the the main character who is the criminal and the main cop who's looking for him uh, end up meeting and it, for the second time actually and it is uh, very uh, it doesn't go the way that everybody's expecting it to go so that's it's been a it's been an interesting ride and I think this is going to be a five issue series so we're is, on is this two. one as as big as that first issue was not as big um, they they the first issue was like four ninety nine, but it was like a like a 40 or 50 page book the thing was thick it was <laughs> it was crazy but no they've gone down to normal size and so it's just a regular three ninety nine comic but it's uh, still crazy story one that really got me upset. Uh, I, I read X twenty three. If if anybody uh, has has been following the the, the story of X twenty three through all new Wolverine, uh, she got there. There were a bunch of clones that were made of her, and uh, one of which uh, ended up like being her little like sidekick slash little sister, mm-hmm. <laughs> and. Uh, so they they've through that uh, reading through that story uh, she's really become like my new favorite Marvel is that, character is that the one and only Honey Badger the Honey Badger yes yeah. <laughs> always always wanting pancakes <laughs> well as as they should yeah and so this story uh, the 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 cuckoo uh, clones the group of it was what uh, once five. From Emma Frost, yeah, I th- I think so. That that all share a sa- the same mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they start dying off, and decide that uh, the only way that they can survive is if they get a better body for themselves. Ah, so they 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 kidnap Honey Badger. Oh, no, that's that's no good. But, you give uh, them back. You yeah. give you give Honey Badger back. So now they they've got X twenty three after him, right? As as would make sense. So. All that happened in, in the first issue. The second issue is is her is Laura like chasing after them. Gotcha. And then and then seeing if the she can get the to them in time. And then the third issue made Travis sad. So we'll yeah. Sorry to hear that. We'll we'll see what happens. <laughs> Hang in there, buddy. <laughs> They're really good at those cliffhangers that that uh, that keep you on your toes but yeah this one was a was a huge cliffhanger i i was i was pretty upset <laughs> <laughs> well hopefully the next issue will come before too long yeah it, it's it's amazing artwork too if you've uh taken a look at it you know i i'll admit i haven't but i will have to go and poke at that that concept sounds fun those those weird sisters are are 
are an interesting plot device to end up throwing around because they have that kind of certain amount of crazy going on. Yeah, I'd never really read anything with them before until uh, they showed up a little bit. I read through the uh, the, the Generation X, but okay. uh, yep. but then in this storyline, they're they're a major part. Cool. So we uh, talked about it on the regular AU Radio podcast, but we wouldn't be doing it uh, enough justice if we didn't bring it up here and mention the Rick and Morty versus Dungeons and Dragons comic, which is being written by Patrick Rothfuss and Jim Zub. Jim Zub being the comics veteran and Patrick Rothfuss being the newbie to this medium. But you can tell the influence of Rothfuss just on just on the first you know half a dozen pages. There's more dialogue and plot development in those in just this one issue than you'd normally get in the first like two to three issues of any other comic book. Like they go through the kind of the the, the setup, the premise. Morty's running around at high school, looking at like seeing all these people playing Dungeons and Dragons and how cool it is, and talks to this girl about it and is all enamored <laughs> and whatnot. And so he goes home and has Rick teach him how to play Dungeons and Dragons, and of course Rick being you know old and totally, uh, you know, into fantasy crap like that, apparently. He is a super uber D&D nerd and has everything that Morty needs to learn and <laughs> start getting into Dungeons and & Dragons. And it is a weird, weird, weird romp of... And, and there's no way that Rick goes too far, is there? No, no, not possible. <laughs> there's definitely going to be... I mean, it's it while it does a lot to move the ball forward, this is going to be a, a weirdly big story for being a five-issue miniseries about Rick and Morty and role-playing games. Like, it's going to be a cool story, <laughs> and it's going to be something that, I mean, if they hadn't done it in comic books, it would have been an interesting thing to see him do it in, like, the actual TV show over the course of, like, a couple of episodes. But we get it in comics instead. Yeah. I had another one that I read uh, that I had almost completely forgot about until the second issue came out, The the Bone Parish. Nice little story about uh, a, a drug made from dead people. <laughs> I remember you mentioning that one a while ago, yeah. Yeah, the first one came out and we were all like, oh, that's super cool. And then I just completely forgot about it until two came out. And I was like, oh, I'm going to read both of them. Uh, so it, it's uh, written by Colin Bunn. That guy was, writes like all of the comic books. <laughs> all of the good ones anyway. <laughs> It, his name is just popping up all over the place right now. It is. And he's doing so many horror books lately. It's awesome. Yeah. This one, it's uh, it, it's like part horror, part crime drama right now. Right on. Like uh, got the cops involved and all this crazy stuff's happening. And they don't, they don't even, they don't really explain how the stuff works. But uh, okay. you, you, you take this drug and you can experience moments from the person's life that it's made out of. Oh, that's trippy. It's intense. Yeah. Do they have like these really crazy visions of things or do they just they, have these emotional feelings? It's it's like they completely experience it. Oh, wow. There's a, there's a scene that doesn't really mess anything up for the story, but sure. there's, there's a guy that takes it and he, uh, he becomes this cult leader in the moment where his his followers take the Kool-Aid and all oh. die for him. Oh, so my God. He, he experiences uh, what it's like to have people die for you. Hmm. And then the dude takes the Kool-Aid himself, and then he experiences death. And Crazy. Why would they grind <laughs> that dude up for drugs? I know. <laughs> Just let, let that one go. Get some... <laughs> 
nice old ladies and grind them up for drugs, I think. <laughs> Just experience yeah. petting, petting your cat and yeah. getting a sweater or oh, something. Oh, look, I'm making a batch of cookies. <laughs> Isn't that nice? <laughs> Oh man, we could go down that rabbit hole trying to figure out who, you know, we'd just be waiting in the wings, be like, all right, when you, when you go, can we, you know, no, no rush, but can I, you know. Can I have a finger or two? Yeah, just, just a little bit. You know, it's you long know. been joked that people will, will roll up and smoke, uh, Keith Richards ashes when mm. he dies. So yeah, there you that go. would be a great one to go with. I think that would actually, just really any, anybody in like, uh, like you know, performing, you know, arts or, you know, creative mediums of doing that kind of stuff. That'd that's, be fun. that's how they open the story is, <laughs> oh, really? is with a guy, uh, like experiencing some dude, uh, big rock star. Oh, interesting. So he's yes. out on the street, just wailing away at this guy's song and everybody's looking at him like he's insane, but he's feeling, <laughs> he's feeling himself on stage. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually, that's really cool. Concept wise. That sounds really solid. Yeah. It, it couldn't possibly go wrong. No. <laughs> no. You got any more from this week? Uh, not really. Oh, <laughs> all good. Yeah, like, like we were saying, there wasn't a huge amount of stuff that was coming out. There was all those uh, those Looney Tune crossovers right. with the DC. Yep, yep, yep. I managed to read just the Sylvester and Tweety one, which was kind of an odd story. Mm-hmm. These these witches made a bet with the, them with with each other and ended up uh like betting reality the uh so sylvester was supposed to represent all of the cat heroes okay tweety was all the bird characters so of course you had like uh black canary against catwoman and then it just started growing from there okay to the point where like everybody from the dc universe catman uh, hawkman hawk girl yep 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 (laughs) It's 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 staggering how many fall into one of those two categories: yeah. <laughs> cats and, and yeah. birds. <laughs> wow, just wow. Yeah, that's it, great. it was it was a lot more entertaining than I than I was like oh, Sylvester and Tweety. Come on. So is it? I I forget because I know they have they've done like the Elmer Fudd and Batman where it was just this like dark crime noir style story and they just happen to be in the same place. Is it is that just a weird like assumption that's made? Is like all of these Looney Tunes characters or whatever that are involved just happen to be in the DC universe at this point at that point or? Uh, well, I haven't really read. I, I read the Aquaman Jabberjaw one, and that, <laughs> that's right. And that was uh, kind of a he he came in from a different reality and and then this one it seemed like they were either pulled from somewhere else or they were created by the witches. Okay, cool. That's I'm just but, curi- I was just curious. So I, I, I think they're doing a little bit of little little from column A, little from column B. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> oh no, that's perfect. And, and then of of course, when you're doing crossovers with those kinds of properties, you kind of have a little license to be ridiculous with it if you want to. Because mm-hmm. why not? They're Looney Tunes, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> George, I see you have the previews magazine there. Uh, what's on the horizon, fellas? Uh, a lot of really cool stuff. Um, there are a couple of things that we've talked about on the regular podcast that we have a little bit more information on now. Um, one of which I think was actually there's a lot that's coming out from, uh, I guess, the the independent sector as far as all of that goes from really interesting stuff. Uh, one, I think you'd wanted to talk about Aliens 3, the new yeah, series we, that they're doing. We kind of mentioned it on the on the regular podcast a few weeks ago. Yeah, I think that so. it was announced that uh, the original script from uh, William Gibson for Alien Three, uh, they decided to adapt it into a comic, which uh, oddly fits in with uh, with the old original comics that they did. Oh, very nice. Uh, 
from way back, right after uh, Aliens came out, they decided to. Uh, they didn't have the licensing for Ripley, so they just didn't mm. put them in the story, and okay. decided to follow uh, Hudson and uh, and Newt. Okay, cool. And so uh, uh, after getting burned out with uh, like Cape Comics, I, I uh, a couple weeks ago I decided to just dive into those old comics and from like eighty eight, eighty nine. And it, uh, it was Dark Horse at the time, right? Yeah, Dark Horse did, uh, did most of them, I think. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they've been the, like the only publisher to, to really tackle aliens. So it's a, it's a, it's a crazy story where, uh, I don't, they, I don't think this one's going to quite go as, uh, as crazy as the original comics did, but, uh, the original comics had the aliens like taking over the entire earth. Oh, God. Mm. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So they they did that and then they escaped Earth uh, after you know being overrun and then uh, they started doing more comics and then uh, Alien Three ended up coming out and uh, for some reason they scrapped uh, Gibson's script because uh, Sigourney Weaver decided to jump back onto the story. Okay, so they they. Instead of following the uh, the Space Marines, which with this one does, okay, and continuing on with the uh, like action movie thing, they did the the weird prison one where yeah, Ripley's the only one that survived. Mm-hmm. Yes, and uh, which they did that, and then they had to completely change all of the the reprints of the early comics. Oh, really? Because they still didn't have uh, the rights to Ripley, and then. Because of Alien Three, they had killed off Hudson and and Newt. So they, in all the reprints, they just changed their names. Oh my god! <laughs> what are, oh my god! Why didn't they just uh, keep it as an alternate reality? That seems who, very. Who knows? Wow. The uh, the the new reprints that you that you can get now, like the the thirtieth anniversary, yeah. and then yeah. the, there's another omnibus that that they have out that's in this nice format. Mm-hmm. They they went back and they put it back to the original. That's smart. That is good. That's good. Which is cool. I think you, I think the only reason I've seen Alien 3 is because of you, Jason. You're welcome. When we, uh, (laughs) when we used to live together a long time ago, that was, that was a gap in my alien knowledge and, and you helped fill it for me. I, so at the time I had not seen any of the alien movies. Interesting. So I purchased the box set with all of them. The quadrilogy. Let's watch the (laughs) alien movies. We did the same thing with the Godfather movies right around that same time, just because we were like, we, we need to see these. Why haven't we? I don't know. Yeah. Well, I remember seeing welcome, Alien. You're welcome, George. Thanks. <laughs> it, 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 the second Aliens, uh, I, I used to see probably way too young <laughs> when it, back when it was on like HBO all the time. Mm-hmm. And then when Alien 3 came out, I uh, I actually got to go see it in a the theater. Oh, cool. And I was, I remember just being horribly disappointed. <laughs> <I'm> sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure. Yep. It's like, what is this? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I did. I said thank you, but you know. Still, thank you. I guess I know, I know what you meant. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the the newer cuts, uh, like the director cuts, I, uh, you know, going back and watching them, I I liked a lot better than maybe it was the the initial shock of like this is not aliens. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. I uh, should probably go back and watch this again sometime. Especially <laughs> I was just thinking that while Travis was talking about yep. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Um, so, uh, moving away from Dark Horse, uh, 
a publisher that had used to uh, put all of these guys out, uh, but we have a new Firefly comic um, now being published by Boom Studios. For the longest time, Dark Horse had that property, as with pretty much every other Joss Whedon comic, but it is moved over to Boom for whatever reason, and they actually are now going to reprint the first three volumes of the Dark Horse run in, oh, a, nice. in a paperback. Hmm. So putting them all together, just the first you know couple of years worth of the comics that they ended up putting out uh, will be available in a new little omnibus, so that should be kind of fun. Actually, I said moving away from Dark Horse, but we're hopping back over there for a second because while we're on the note of Joss Whedon, which weird tangential connection because he was the one who wrote the fourth Alien movie, I guess. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It all comes they, together. It, yeah. Didn't he, he like wrote it and then they, they changed a bunch of stuff, didn't they? I, they At the opening of the movie, I'm pretty sure it says screenplay by Joss Whedon, but if oh. they changed it around, then I'm sure they just didn't say that as much. Yeah. <laughs> but you're probably right. Um, but anyways, uh, uh, kind of an older one, but they're doing a new Dr. Horrible one-shot. I saw that. <laughs> yeah. So if anybody's into that, oh. it's uh, oh, if you haven't seen Dr. Horrible's, uh, what is it, Sing Along? Sing Along blog. blog. Yeah. yeah, that's it. That's a wonderful musical. I'm not a fan of musicals, but I will watch that any day at any time. Probably the best thing to ever come out of the writer's strike. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Very Honestly, possibly. Uh, <laughs> but it's, it's Nathan Fillion as Captain Hammer. And Dr. Horrible is played by Neil Patrick. Neil Patrick Harris. Harris, yes. Sorry, I get his last name wrong sometimes. And it's got Felicia Day in it, and it's just delightful. And just go do yourself a favor and check it out. And then after that, you can come back. everybody, it's heartbreaking. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) But it kind of is, yeah. Beautiful, yeah, though. Is is that the one with Apocalypse Cow, or am I thinking of The Tick? Uh, that sounds like the tick, that but I could like be wrong. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, it's they like Bad, bad horse. horse. That's bad what horse is yeah. from uh, Dr. Horrible, yeah. They have the whole chorus that sings about Bad Horse. It's yeah. fantastic. Oh, wow, I was really wrong. We're really not going away from Dark Horse. Uh, we have uh, oh, the George. relaunch of Umbrella Academy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Cool. yeah. Is coming in a couple months, which is actually going to be made into, I think, a Netflix show. So that should be an interesting one because that's kind of a that's a got a crazy awesome premise where it's like X Men but it's not it's like this house this like a, this this almost family of misfit kids that have these crazy different superpowers and it's been actually it's been a long time since I've read them I'll probably have to go back and reread through volumes one and two before this one comes out but all kinds of weird time displacement and yep eight bodies and <laughs> the second story arc is called Dallas and they go back to when JFK was murdered and there's a whole thing going on with that but yeah anyways. Hmm. Um, oh, and then one final Dark Horse one before we move on from them. We got a new Hellboy miniseries. It's uh, a Hellboy in the BPRD from 1956 is the year on this one. Um, this one's interesting. It's going to be dealing with uh, the Cold War stuff uh, that Hellboy experienced going through that era. There's actually going to be three different storylines going on through this miniseries that will be drawn by three different artists. So you'll be able to kind of tell which which story is being handled at the time just based on what artwork's going on. That's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, I like it when they do that. Art, artists of, uh, anybody, any names we would know? Um, yeah, I didn't write them down, but I know one of them is Michael Avon Oming. Sorry to put I, you on the spot. No, it's all good. <laughs> uh, I, I, I knew, I was familiar with all three of them and was happy to okay. see that they uh, they all have a similar aesthetic to their style, so it won't be like completely jarring, but it'll be enough that you can tell. It's, uh, oh yeah, that's right. Uh, Yishan Lee, Mike Norton, and Michael Avon Oming cool. are the three different artists. And then Chris Roberson is writing it with Mike Nola. So it should be fun. 
That sounds right up your alley, George. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and hopefully other people's too. Yeah, I, those new paperbacks have been have been making their way into a, a handful of new readers' hands. It's nice to see people picking them up. With there's, there's nice big fat paperback omnibuses of Hellboy that are a lot easier to read or pick up than they used to be. Right on. Yeah, it's really hard to keep them on the shelf. Yeah, it is. Mm. There's a signed version of Solid State which is the graphic novel version of the Jonathan Colton album that just came out last what? year, I believe. <laughs> he did it. <laughs> Jonathan Colton and Matt Fraction worked together on making a graphic novel version of the album that's a companion piece uh, drawn by uh, Albert Montes. Um, there's a signed edition coming out hmm. in a couple months. Uh, it's, I think it's, it's about the same price. It's twenty nine ninety nine, but it's going to be signed by Jonathan Colton. So if you're a big Jonathan Colton fan... Let us know and we'll get that in for <laughs> which, you. That's which he happens to pop onto the radio downstairs a lot. Yep. <laughs> Once in a while. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, just to rattle off a few, there's a Battle Pug, the Compugnium. There's, if you've ever heard of Battle Pug, they're doing a compendium of all of the Battle Pug graphic novels. I was novels trying to before. find that to show <laughs> Hannah the other day and I couldn't find it in the, in the, in the catalog. Yep. It's, it's all five of the volumes that have happened so far put into one one collection. So if, if you're into, actually, it's funny, Mike Norton, the guy who, one of the three artists from Hellboy and the BPRD on that, that new miniseries is the creator and pretty much sole, uh, creative force behind Battle Pug. So good stuff. <laughs> get, if you, if get you your like pug pugs. <laughs> get your pug on. <laughs> uh, Scotty Young has a kind of a horror series coming out from Image in a couple months called Middle West with art by George Corona. Another horror one from Image as well, uh, Outer Darkness by John Lehman and Afu Chan, and that's kind of more of a sci-fi horror stuff. It's kind of space and the, the dark and evil things that can happen out in, in the depths of it. Um, oh, and then I think the last one that I'll, I'll wrap it up with is uh, in the manga section of previews, there was a particularly... Something Dragon Ball volume. Did you did you see that? No, I haven't seen that yet. Okay, so it's... It's a single one-off oh, Dragon Ball. Yeah, the, the, that the time reincarnation. I got reincarnated yeah. as Yamcha, <laughs> <laughs> and it's going to be the story of a fan of Dragon Ball in our world that gets basically reincarnated as Yamcha, who is everybody's favorite punching bag of Dragon Ball. Is what they say in the description. I no, no offense, Yamcha. <laughs> uh, and the the kind of the trope of just being reincarnated or awoken in a, some fantasy land that is you know beyond and different than your own and whatnot, and just playing around with the the comedy that can come along with that kind of a situation. Yeah, it like follows him as he's trying to s- basically save Yamcha. Yeah, <laughs> Cause effectively, because he, he it's it's all. Like leading up to when the Saiyans got first got there. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So it's like that's two parts Dragon Ball Z, one part Quantum Leap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Save Yamcha. <laughs> oh, and save a pickle the rig Yamcha, one shot. Save the world. Oh, yes. Oh, save God, the Yamcha, sorry. save the world. No, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel ah. good about that one. Oh. Well, See, he even knew. He, <laughs> at, at one point in the series, he just quits. He's like, I'm done. <laughs> And then, uh, and then from Oni Press, a Pickle Rick one-shot. So if you need more Pickle Rick in your life, <laughs> who doesn't? <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that's, there's, the whole, there's always a crazy amount of new stuff in the pipeline. The comics industry is always churning and putting out new stuff and, and reinventing old stuff. And we'll, uh, we'll never have any kind of shortage of stuff to talk about. Travis, uh, what do we have coming out next week? We've got some 
Pretty cool ones. Uh, the the Asgardians of the Galaxy number one drops next week. Very nice. Yes. Oh, you right. were showing you were showing uh, one of our coworkers the Scotty Young variant, which is uh, Throg getting held by which one? Now I, I you know I don't think I even I, I don't remember who who is. I thought it might have been like Angela or somebody, but I could be wrong. Something like that. But yeah. he's just getting squeezed and his eyes are popping out. And Throg being the the the, the Frog <laughs> Thor. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. sure. It's a cute cover on that one. Sorry to <laughs> derail there for a second. <laughs> I just I just completely drew a blank on who the other character was because apparently I don't care. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. But <laughs> <laughs> it's Throg. I love that guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Batman fifty four comes out. Uh, Black Science thirty eight. Sorry, I had, had to work it in. <laughs> Border Town number one comes out, uh, it, which is a crazy. Uh, it, it, it's this town where this uh, fracture in reality opens up and all these uh, mythical uh, creatures from Mexican folklore start pouring out. Oh, nice. Huh. And then uh, Bully Wars comes out, another Scotty Young title. That guy's starting to do a lot. Yeah. Uh, where this bully that, uh, you know, he's, he's, he was the biggest, baddest bully from kindergarten all the way through middle school. And then he, then he hits high school and finds out that sometimes you're, you're the bullied. That's going to be a crazy one. It's a rough lesson. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There's some, that's a lot of good stuff. Yeah. Tons of stuff from Scotty Young. It seems like every time I look at something, he's, his name is either in the writer or he's doing a cover or. Yep. Man, it's, I mean, that's, he kind of made a splash in the comic book industry just by doing all of those cute covers for Marvel. <laughs> like that, well, I guess he did the the one, the, the Wizard of Oz stuff for like years and years and years, but like everybody and their dog knew who Scotty Young was just because of all those covers that he was doing. Hmm. Yeah. Everybody, well, everybody in the comic book industry or people. Everybody seemed to want to do, see their character as a, mm-hmm. his version. Yep. Kind oh. of like doing a pop figure or something. Found the Compugnium. There it is. Oh. Just, you know. uh, oh, and for the people... Ooh, okay, so the, the Compugnium, sorry, a little correction here. Uh, it's not coming out until January. Dark Horse will solicit stuff kind of early just to make sure uh, that they, I guess, have enough lead time to get the print run in and stuff like that. So they'll they'll advertise stuff three or four months ahead of time sometimes. So in okay. case you come looking for Battle Pug sooner than later, you got to wait till after Christmas. Got to keep up with that high demand for Pug comics. I know. It's, it's incredible. <laughs> Anything else, gentlemen? Uh, so I feel like there was a corrections moment that I needed to throw in here, sure. and it is completely escaping me at this moment. So we'll uh, we'll either throw it in next week, or <laughs> uh, or it just won't ever come back. But uh, if you if you heard us say something that was wrong, come and tell me in the store, and I'll try and throw a corrections up there. <laughs> sure, you can always hit us up on uh, email, social media too, podcast at advunderground.com. and uh, we'll be happy to hear from you, even if it's to correct us on something we screwed up. We're human. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I think with that, that wraps up our comics corner for the evening. Bye. Bye.